Welcome to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show. I'm Joan Kelly Walker. Thank you, of course, for joining us today. Your regular host, Laura Bellotta, couldn't be with us, so I'm stepping in for this month's pop culture show, and this is going to be an amazing one. I have some great ladies joining me today. My dear friend, Jana Webb, Hello. who's the creator and CEO of Joga, as well as my other dear friend, Dee Silky, creator of the Dose of D podcast, which covers all things fashion related. So welcome, ladies. Hello. So okay, let's start with you, Jana. Catch us up since the last time you were here. So um, gosh, what's been going on a whole bunch of exciting things. I'm launching my first uh, retreat ever um, in November in St. Lucia. So really excited about that partnered with WestJet. And um, besides that, just, you know, helping the Raptors win a championship. That's kind of (laughs) cool. Yeah, doing all my yoga stuff. That's incredible. Now, Dee, you're known as a fashion designer what is your brand all about so my brand is about people embracing their most authentic self I think that's like the most beautiful sexy thing in the world is when people are just so confident in who they are and I think everybody has like a certain gift so being able to like capture that gift and focus on that instead of your insecurities I think is like Hmm. awesome how do you do that through clothing so my clothing is very colorful and like it's just it's you know what you have you're confident in what you have like you don't need to rub it in people's faces because like you know you have it like you don't need to have a ladies fashion Yes, it's so your stuff fashion. is kind of out there. Yeah, so it's it sort of like sifts through the the phonies right away. Like, right, it's not for everyone. It's okay. very bold. So, who's wearing your brand? Uh well, Joan, I don't have any celebrities yet, uh, but maybe you. Well, will. you have me. <laughs> maybe you will wear it. You yeah. have me. Yeah. Yeah, so I just finished like a super amazing Hoka Tour gown, which I wore to Kaffa, which I would love to get on someone like you. Um, and I'm working on like a crazy bomber jacket. So it's made out of all recycled scraps of silk from leftover projects. Very cool. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so you also have your podcast, which is yes. called Dose of D Podcast. Yes. Um, you know, I'm curious from your point of view, what's the difference between a radio show like this one and what you're doing with your podcast? I mean, I think that the angle that I'm trying to go for with my podcast is less of an interview format and more of a conversation, which I actually think this show does a really good job of doing. Oh, thank you. But I I mean, I started it because as a designer and an entrepreneur, I found when I was looking for resources, I was either finding things that were really creative driven or really business driven. And I have so many questions as a creative entrepreneur. So the, the podcast, it's a weekly podcast and I speak with people in the industry and like just ask the real questions or I try to. Right. And uh, okay, so Jana, sorry, I I have to circle back to this. You said you were helping the Raptors win. What is it all that about? Yeah. So, I mean, we, I train, uh, my my coaches train uh, NBA players and all across the league, actually. Um, But we actually did work with the Raptors this year. So we're really excited about bringing that, you know, championship home. Um, So that's cool. And that's just segued into a bunch of other business in the NBA and, you know, one referral leads to another referral, and, yeah. and here we are. So yeah. exciting. Yeah. Okay, so we have so much to talk about today and some really uh, meaty stuff for the Dating Relationship Show. So let's let's jump right in. And, you know, I couldn't help but notice that both of you are in a relationship with someone named Ryan. Oh, yeah. Uh-oh. Do you call your Ryan Rybear? No. Oh. <laughs> it's just me. Although it could work. <laughs> 
Okay, so let's let's talk about our our Ryan's. Uh, Dee, let's let's start with you. Now, I love the fact that you are are kind of shamelessly vocal and very transparent, and you have uh, Rye Bear's uh, support <laughs> yeah. in talking about the fact that you both saved yourself until marriage. Ryan didn't. Ryan didn't. No. Okay, you did. I so, did. So walk me through this. How does this happen? Uh, this is something I I don't ever talk about. But uh, yes, I did wait until I was married to have sex. And it's something I don't talk about because people automatically stigmatize it and like think you're this pure sacrificial lamb. And that's just not like how I see myself. Like I'm a pretty confident person. I'm a sexual person. Uh, But I... So why are you sharing this now? I mean, I think it's just like, it's such a rare thing. Like it's such a rare thing. And I think that it's like to each their own. I don't necessarily, if I could do it again, would I wait till marriage? Probably not. I just, which is also a weird thing. I think like most people think, oh, if you're like a virgin and you wait till you're married, it's like this magical moment. And like, it's so romantic and special. And it's like, I love my husband and I love that I've only had sex with him but like of course I'm like man like what else is out there sorry right Bear. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but also too like it's just too much pressure like I wish that Ryan and I could have had sex I guess on I mean it was our own terms but like I wish it had just been more natural and like in a mm-hmm. moment that we felt like it instead of like okay this is the night yeah, we're doing so it did you have first of all a big wedding and you're exhausted and you're yes. entertaining yes. 150 people and then yep. all of a sudden it's like okay here we go this yes. is our time <laughs> yeah yeah so so was it what you thought? I mean, it, I mean, it was scheduling. like it wasn't any. I mean, I knew it was gonna like hurt the first time, obviously, which it did. Like, but and it wasn't terrible either. Like, it was what I expected it to be. I just wish it had been more natural. Hmm. Jeez. Okay. I can't even remember. So, Janet, what are your thoughts on all this? <laughs> well, you know, I think growing up, I most girls have that you know idea that yeah. you should wait until you're married. I think that's like I went to church. Every, like that's yeah. just you know what's instilled yeah. in us. Um, but I don't know. Like these days, I don't know. Yeah, it's very rare, and I don't know if it's possible because yeah. I think there's just so many opportunities to meet so many people from around the world and. You know, I think sexual chemistry and that piece of a relationship is really important. And so I'm more of a component tried on for size first yeah. and see if it fits. Yeah. <laughs> D dick or B. D dick energy. Okay, wrong conversation. Oh my goodness. Okay, well, we're going to come right back to this on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm Joan Kelly Walker, and this is the Dating Relationship Show. You're listening to The Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Dating and Relationship Show. I'm Joan Kelly Walker, your regular host. Laura couldn't be with us today, Laura Bellotta, so I'm stepping in. And this is this month's pop culture show, which is always super fun. And of course, I've got dynamic women here, Janet Webb from uh, Joga House and Dee Silky, who we were just having a wonderful conversation that I want to get back to again. We were talking about having sex before marriage or waiting until marriage to have sex. And I want to talk about, you know, the pressures that there are nowadays for women to have, or I guess just for people to have sex before they get married, because everybody's doing that. And it's kind of rare for people to not want to. Would Mm -hmm. you agree? Yeah, I think, especially with social media, like, Mm -hmm. you know, there's all of these different ways that you can now interact with people. And so it just happens that much faster, I feel like. So, Mm -hmm. um, but it's also a culture now where people just 
hook up. Like that's what they're getting together for is to hook up. That's right. So I think it's totally changed, but I would like to see it as I'm raising a young boy (laughs) and shift Mm. the other way. I think it's to each their own. I mean, my parents were normal. Like they were not like super crazy religious, but I did go to a Christian camp, which was crazy religious. And I loved it. I wanted to go every summer. My parents didn't force me to go. But I remember this older woman coming in and sitting us all down and like terrifying us, like making having sex before you were married sound like it was going to ruin the rest of your life. Hmm. Well, you know, there are benefits to not have sex before your marriage, because if, you know, if you have an unplanned pregnancy, that's, you know, something that was or an STD, uh, any other benefits you can think of to wait? Yeah. I mean, I. I really think it's to each their own. I think I think that people are too carefree when it comes to sex and they're not building up like a trust with a person or even a relationship with a person. And I think that is something that I still value. Like I would still hope that if my past were to change, I would still only have sex with a few people. Um, but I, I, I just I can't be the uh, the person that votes for waiting till marriage. And I mean, I love Ryan. I love our sex life. But I just think it's overrated. I really do. But you have the wisdom of kind of both sides of it yeah. now. So that that's really interesting. And I keep, you know, I, there was a book I read a long, long time ago before I married my, and met and married my husband. And it was called The Rules. And I, I don't know who it was by, but it was about how to catch a guy, basically. And it's a short little book. And it's like, if he calls on Wednesday, you're not available yeah. on Friday. Don't have sex for uh, whatever they said, three yeah. months or something. Yeah. Like there was some hard and fast follow these rules, you'll get the guy. And, you know, I think, I don't know if that was like a a cultural thing, like 10, 15, 20 years ago, but people, it was like, it had a big following then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think women were kind of thinking about it and thinking, yeah. am I going to get further in a relationship if I control that part of it? And also, I think a lot of people sometimes aren't really following their heart. They're just Mm -hmm. following their body. Mm -hmm. And instead of kind of planning intellectually, and sometimes it backfires. Mm -hmm. Have you ever had that happen? Well, I think it's like instant gratification, right? Everyone wants something, you know what I mean, immediately. So um, yeah, it's going to backfire because you're not actually being fulfilled. You're not creating any substance or foundation, right? People are just like jumping at any opportunity that they can. Mm -hmm. Um, So that only will fulfill you for so long and I think it's going to reach a peak right? yeah. where people are going to be unfulfilled by having all these like bouncy relationships where they're like what what is this relationship yeah. you know I think if you meet someone and you have that connection and you want to just like have sex with them and you don't know, know them very well like go for it do it but I just think you need to know like that might not lead to something not saying if you have sex with someone early on it won't mm-hmm. but I do think there's something to be said about really getting to know a person and developing feelings with them before you have sex yeah and I think it depends maybe on the type of person that you are because I'm with you I would definitely want all of that yeah first yeah Mm -hmm. like you have to have some kind of a deep connection with them um you know which always makes me wonder on all these new dating apps because I'm not on them can you indicate that you don't want that you want to wait like until at I least wouldn't. you get to know the person, you wouldn't indicate no. it. Oh my gosh, no! And I never told like anyone that I was a virgin except for my super close friends. I used to cheerlead in university, and there was one girl that was open about being a virgin, and they called her Aztec and used to make jokes about sacrificing her to like the gods. Aww. And I mean, I knew I wasn't going to get hurt, or she wasn't going to get physically hurt, but I didn't want to be seen like that. I didn't want to identify with that, you know. So I, I mean, I got married super young. I was twenty-two, I think. Ryan, Ryan's eight years older than me so he was 30 um but uh, like no way if I was on tinder would I make that known 
Well, I think it'd be hmm. really popular <laughs> if that was a yeah. check mark. <laughs> but can you? Like, is, is I don't it on so. I have no idea. I've yeah. never been on there. Okay, well, that'll no be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, ha- we'll have to go check it yeah. out. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know anything about Tinder, but definitely we'll have to uh, check it out. And, uh, Jana, you've been doing something else called divorce renovation. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So what the heck is that? Yeah, so people think we're building something. <laughs> but we are. We're, like, rebuilding uh, relationships that have been broken. So Ryan and I had this idea because we both come from from a divorce and we're like how do we uh, rebuild or in confidence in people who've gone through divorce that you can actually have some happiness in a relationship after divorce mm. um, with all the things that are out there with Tinder and Bumble and all these different ways that people are bouncing around meeting people we're like is there an opportunity to actually build rebuild a foundation for a family and even further than that a blended family right because mm. most people who are going through divorce mm-hmm. you come with stuff yeah. right baggage yeah. right and so how to manage and work through all that hmm. yeah wow okay well we're definitely going to be talking more about that yeah. uh you know you have to have a pretty solid relationship with your partner to be building something like that together yeah and having the blended family and having all of your time together uh but we're going to come back to that here at global news radio am 640 this is the dating and relationship show Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Dating and Relationship Show. I'm Joan Kelly Walker. Thank you for joining us today. And thank you to our special guests, Dee Silky and Jana Webb. Thank you guys uh, for having such an open, candid conversation. This has been really, really enlightening and enjoyable. So we were just talking, Jana, about your divorce renovation. So is this like a, a page or a blog? How- yeah, it's starting out just as a page and an I like Instagram TV station. We're just building it really organically. Um, and we just launched it. We went to St. Lucia together last year. And we're like, we came up with this idea while we were away. And um, you c- it's, a, it's amazing how many people who are single and divorced like reaching out to us and being like what do I do I haven't been on a date in 15 years Mm -hmm. you know like what do I wear how do I even like I remember once as soon as I was single somebody asked me to like send a pic and I like sent a picture of my son like I didn't know that that meant like send a selfie (laughs) you know like just things like that right and how to build that you know the the confidence to actually go back into a relationship when you think that you never want to be in one after going through the aftermath of a divorce hmm so, yeah, so how do you, like, what, how do you know how to advise people? Well, I think, like, we're actually just being completely vulnerable and transparent with people. We're not perfect. You know what I mean? The whole idea is that we're actually not perfect. So as we go through these trials and tribulation as in a new relationship, after being divorced, after being hurt, after blending families and making the choice to do that, we're kind of, like, giving people the insight into that as we're going through it. So how long have you and Rai Rai Cutie Pie been together? <laughs> Rai Rai Cutie Pie. <laughs> two, just over two years. So yeah, I think like long enough that we know that we want to yeah. be together and that we're invested in each other. I think once you make the step to introduce your families and your kids and you're kind of in it, right? We're mm-hmm. adults, we're mature and and here we are. Not all days are good, not all, you know, and we're just sharing that information with people. And a lot of people that have been in a relationship for a long time are probably like me like thinking you know if I would ever have to get back out there surely people are still doing the old-fashioned way of meeting people but it seems to me that that's really not the case like you used to just meet people 
you know, at the gym or at events or at parties or dinner parties or something. Like, I don't really, you know, I don't know where that all went. Mm -hmm. Like, what happened to it? And, you know, why is it so hard for people to to try something new. Mm-hmm. Well, I think people yeah. are scared, right? I think, you know, you go like the like these days with Bumble and Tinder, like if you're a guy or a girl, there's just so many opportunities. Yeah. People are, again, looking for that instant gratification and they're not willing to put in the time and the effort to actually build a foundation or a relationship. It's just so much easier to avoid, right? Mm-hmm. And just to kind of, uh, you know, jump around. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's scary for a lot of people because with that comes fear of being hurt, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, just very personal question: yeah. um, What of those things, like those fears, have you struggled with personally? If you yeah. don't mind sharing that, because yeah. I think people probably have very similar. Yeah. fears and hesitations. I think the biggest one for me was introducing somebody to my son. I didn't, yeah, you know, that's course, a big that's one. A really big like one. I protected him in my home. Like it's, you mm. know, that's everything for me. Um, so that was a big fear of mine is introducing him to somebody. And the second fear of mine is just the trust, like being betrayed or lied to, right? Because I mean, most at marriages end, <laughs> you know, not in a you know a positive way in a positive way right and Mm -hmm. so to go back into that for me the biggest fear has been trusting another person and putting my heart into somebody else Mm -hmm. so Dee because you've been married for how many years we've been together for 12 married for seven okay that's great and you seem very happy together Um, I'm always curious what do you attribute that success and happiness to we can be so honest like, mm-hmm. I will tell him anything and everything that I'm thinking and feeling. And I think that's why I feel safe around him. Mm-hmm. So that's why I trust him. Uh, we make each other laugh. I really think it's at the end of the day, I hate saying this, it's so cheesy, but we really are best friends. And he's just cheesy someone I'm good. comfortable with. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, comfortable and... Safe is a big vulnerable. word. Yeah. yeah. And, and safety. Like, yeah. that all... That, as soon as you start butting heads is when... Yeah there's like a big disconnect that just sort of like starts pulling you in opposite directions. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, very, very sad. So how about you, Jenna? What do you think is, are the pillars to a good relationship? You know, I'm just going to come over and say like, I'm horrible in relationships. <laughs> <laughs> so ask me okay, for advice. You I'm, said that. <laughs> no, I'm just being honest. But, but I, you I, learn I, though. You learn. And I, I guess for me, like what I think is, you know, the core um, values for myself is obviously trust is the biggest one. Um, respect, um, accountability, responsibility. Those are big things for me. Would so, you say your values are the same with Ryan as your previous marriage? I think they're even stronger now. I think it's kind of you get to a place. I was happy being single. I was confident. I had my friends, my life going on. So now even my boundaries are pretty set. Mm-hmm. And so, um, again, because you, you're protecting yourself. It's like your fortress, right? So, mm-hmm. um, but definitely, you know, honest, like that is the, in any relationship, right? Trust yeah. is everything. Yeah. And one thing that I would add is people always compare their relationship to their previous relationships and Mm -hmm. I think that's sort of counterproductive yes yeah because you can't you can you can take your learnings and move on from there but you can't you know keep analyzing and comparing because you you really just get stuck in the same old thing over and over well and I think that's why when you end a relationship like you need to take time between relationships else you're just Mm -hmm. like it's like compound interest you're just bringing in whatever is in that relationship that's negative into the next one yeah I know uh, this girl I mean 
I won't mention her name, but she's married the same guy three times now. <laughs> like, like the same exact type of person three different times. Right. So it's like you got to reevaluate what is, yeah. you know, what is going to help you evolve or keep up with you as you evolve. Because that happens too, is people don't really uh, grow at the same rate or pace or have the same priorities as right. after they've been together uh, for a long time. So this is the Dating and Relationships show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And uh, we need to take a very quick break. But this is also the pop culture edition of the Dating and Relationships show. So we're going to start to move on to some more pop culture as well as dating and relationships. Stay with us. Listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the Dating Relationship Show here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I am Joan Kelly Walker. I'm filling in today for your host, Laura Bellotta, who couldn't be with us. And joining me is Dee Silky and Jana Webb. And we are going to start to talk a little bit more about pop culture as well as relationships, of course. Um, so, you know, there's a show on TV that is my guilty pleasure that I'm even afraid to admit that I actually watch <laughs> this, but I literally sit there with my jaw dropped. I can't believe what is going on with these people. And I don't even think they sensationalize it that much because it's yeah. completely, uh, well, I don't know what I, it's called 90 Day Fiance. So have you guys seen it? No, I haven't seen it. And you have. Do you watch it I like, don't. enough to know? Listen, Joan, this is the thing. I love trash TV. I'm a huge Kardashian fan. But this show, like, it takes it too far where I think it's it's extortion. Like, these people are damaged people, and they're, yeah. they're totally extorting them. But isn't it interesting how they find each other from across the continents? Yeah. Yeah. So let me just explain. This is a reality television show. It's called 90 Day Fiance. And the show follows couples as they navigate the ups and downs of long distance relationships and complexities of international romances. So that's kind of the challenge of it. Um, but it's not really so much about long distance relationships and people that are in different countries, right? Isn't it more so about these people getting their green card and like dating people just so they can get into yeah. the states yeah oh i see okay but you know you don't know like is like are they truly in love or are they not like some of them i think it kind of starts like they are i think they've convinced themselves that they are but I, that's or what i mean one I think person they have... is truly in love yes. and the other one yes. is entirely not I, I feel like they're very people with very low emotional iqs right but then you see them like faking it so well that it's almost convincing because they're, they're lying to themselves. They believe their own lies, I yeah. think. I, yeah. I just can't watch it. I can't. I'm just like, you're so dumb. You don't feel like but that. But I guess when you're, like, it's like normal people, when they're in relationships, you want to shake them and say, you're so dumb. Yeah. But they can't see it. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no way that they can see it. So do you root for them? Oh, boy. I just, I don't even pick sides. I just sit there and watch. And having been on a reality TV show, I look for, you know, how they're editing and how they're not editing. And there's one of the couples, uh, the guy's name is Pedro, I forget her name, but she's now got her own show. So it's a whole spinoff show just about the two of them. And all they do is fight and go back and forth. And her mother came at him with a taser gun. One time, like it's it's unbelievable what happens there. But you know, you have to think about the stigma of male order spouses. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah. So um, 
is there a stigma if people just like with pure intention and open hearts like if that's how they want to connect with other people do you think that's okay yeah I totally think that's okay but I think I think there is obviously the instances where it's true and it's true love and it's really pure intentions but I think a lot of times these people look to the internet to find spouses because maybe they are not great socially or insecure about things I don't know but I think it's totally fine if that's how you want to meet someone and there are instances where it works out but I think in this case is just beyond mm-hmm. yeah how, are, how are they meeting these people back, back well it's all online, but oh, it's the, all online. the other oh, okay. element of it is that uh you know if they get their 90 day visa they whether it's like a North American person going to another country or vice versa, they only have 90 days to solidify their relationship and get married. married. So do you think you can put a timeline on falling in love? I think you can for TV. (laughs) For TV, (laughs) yes. Yeah. But they've had a relationship online previous to the 90 days. Yeah. So they've, like, developed a rapport, and then they basically have 90 days in person. Right. So, yeah. So there was one of the ladies that whoever she was having the relationship corresponding with online, he was sending these false pictures of himself, and it was actually some big, hunky, gorgeous (laughs) young guy. And as soon as as the real guy admitted what he had done and sent a real picture, she fell even more in love with him because he was being honest and she still Mm. thought he was handsome. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah. Wow. This happened on the show? Yeah. Oh, wow. So it so it must have happened in real life. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. I don't know. I think that love is different for different people. Like, I think, you know, everyone's, mm-hmm. like, expectation of what love is and how it feels is different. So can somebody fall in love in, you know, 90 days? Probably, you know, and some people just take longer. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. reading a book called The One, and it's a futuristic book where they found some sort of genetic code where they pair you with your soulmate based Ooh. on DNA. Wow. And that is a good book. And some of these soulmates are, you know, 10, 20 years apart, um, live on opposite ends of the world. But the whole premise is like when you see, when you meet your soulmate, you like fa- fall in love in a matter of hours. Wow. It's a good mm. book. Oh, I'll have to pick that one up. Yeah. So you are a uh, Kardashian. Oh, oh, love. Wealth of information. Lo- so I know it all. Catch us I can up do the whole on, family on tree. What's happening there? I don't follow it closely enough, but I know our listeners are very interested. Joan, it's a whole thing. Kim's a lawyer now. While she's training to be a lawyer, she's studying to be a lawyer. She's like not as cool anymore because she's spending 20 hours a week becoming a lawyer. So she's like less on social media. Kylie is the new empire. It's just a whole hmm. thing. Why is she becoming a lawyer? I don't know. I don't know if it's because her dad was a lawyer or if she feels like she needs to compensate or if she's just because she has kids now, she wants to take a step back from the social eye or the public eye. I don't I don't know. I don't know if I'm pro Kim as a lawyer or against it. I love a good sexy Kimmy just putting herself out there and you're like, what are you doing? That's the best Kim. Okay. Yeah. And what about the argument that people say, you know, they don't really do anything. Oh, that's baloney. They're they are like the most like Kim Kardashian and Kris Jenner are the original girl bosses. They have built an empire off of not even a good sex video. 
so many people so many people <laughs> have a sex video sex out there video. and like what you get a few instagram <laughs> followers like these women have built an empire they are so business savvy you i have to I, respect oh, that. you have to so you know the one i always think of them because people ask me you know why do you give the profits of your brand to charity and it always you know one of the reasons is because i want to inspire other brands to you know to do something like they don't have to give 100 percent, but just do something and i always wonder why are the Kardashians Stingy. not doing yeah. something more? Yeah. Like, look at how huge their influence is and what a difference yeah. that would make in people's lives. Mm-hmm. I will fight their battle to the death and defend them to the death, but that's the one thing I can't defend them on because they really don't seem... I mean, as far as the, they announce, they don't seem to give a lot of money. But having said that, I also think that they don't have near as much money as people think they do. They're how definitely loaded. That? Really? They're definitely loaded. But even if you look, even if you watch the first season of Keeping Up with the Kardashians, I mean, yes, their house is way nicer than most people's houses. But compared to what they have now, it's really not. Like, I think really they've just amounted a huge amount of wealth in the past few years. And they I think they come from not having money, right? So they're probably holding it a little tighter than if they're used to being more giving. Hmm. Okay, well, we could we could debate that for <laughs> quite a while, but we do have to take a break here at Global News Radio 640 Toronto. This is the Dating Relationship Show, and we'll be right back. Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bilotta from singleinthecity.ca. On Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show. I'm Joan Kelly Walker. Thank you for joining us today. Your host, Laura Bellotta, couldn't be with us. So I'm stepping in for today. And this is the pop culture edition of the Dating and Relationship Show. And I'm joined by Dee Silky and Jenna Webb. Welcome, ladies. Hi. So we were just debating about the Kardashians and I hear that behind the scenes and on the down low that they actually do donate a percentage of uh, what they make to charity and that is sort of like a modest uh, thing that they do quietly on the side. So that's very respectful. But I, you know, I wish we had a way of really verifying that. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I guess whatever you read online is what it is. But we're going to move on to other Hollywood royalty. Uh, Leo, Leonardo DiCaprio, and Camila Marone. So, do you guys know this whole situation? No, tell us. Okay, so... People are super critical of Leonardo uh, and his relationship with Camilla because she's 22 and he's 44. So exactly twice the age. And some people have a, a like a real problem with that. So Camila received a ton of hateful comments after posting a photo of the late Lauren Bacall and Humphrey Bogart on Instagram. So they were another couple that had over a 20 year age gap. And that would have been, I guess, what in the 50s or 60s. So they were kind of the original icons in that situation. But after she posted that on Instagram, People went crazy and there was like an argument online. She's got uh, one or two million followers, but people were so aggressive calling her a dork and saying um, it's obviously a comparison and girl, where are your friends? Somebody stop this girl. And some of them were super insulting. And so here's her response. She said, good morning, people, and happy Friday. I just read some of the comments on my Instagram and my God, people are so mean and full of anger with people that they know nothing about. Mm -hmm. So like how, like, how do you think she should or 
could have maybe handled that in a different way. Well, if you're getting upset because someone called you a dork, you need to get a thicker skin. Yeah, that's true. That's true. There were there were a lot more aggressive ones too. Yeah, I think you know, um, for her being 22, like to wake to write that comment, I think is is perfect. You know, she's saying like, grow up, don't be mean. There is a lot of anger and jealousy in the world, and social media just promotes that, right? So I think she was brave to put up that picture, and she probably knew that that was going to happen. And it's like, okay, get over it. It's you know, it's done. We're in a relationship, and everybody can just move on now, right? Right. And she did go on to tell her followers, I guess I just hope that people learn to live with a little less hate and place their time and interest elsewhere because living without hatred feels pretty good. Yeah. And so, good for her. Yeah, that's a pretty good yeah. response. So do you guys get any negative comments like that on social media? Um, I I don't. I don't think I have a big enough following yet where I get the haters' comments. There is about, like I said earlier, there's almost an eight-year difference between Ryan and I, and I know when we first started dating, I kept that so secret because... Because you were 17. I was 17. And yeah. I was like, I was even like, okay, if a 24-year-old is dating a 17-year-old, like, that does not, that's not a good look. Um, but I think it's just you got to stay in your own lane. You got to just do what works for you. So why did people perceive that as not a good look? I think that like, you why, just I'm think, why can't, that. why can't you get someone your own age? Do you know what I mean? Like, I would be sketched out. Like, if my daughter was dating someone in their 20s and they were a teenager, I'd be sketched out. For hmm. sure. But I think with Ryan and I, like, we just, there was a maturity there with me. And Ryan's not immature by any means, but he's definitely young for his age, kind of, you know what I mean? And so it just worked. We kind of met in the middle. And what if it was the other way around? What if you were the older one, he was yeah. the younger one? Do you think people would have had the same uh, uncomfortableness? At that age, yes. I think that when you get older, I mean, 30 and 38 isn't as like, whoa. But mm -hmm. yeah, that age is, yeah, it's like. Hmm. Have Jana, have you ever dated someone that's not a really few years no, in either direction? I mean, I've dated like younger, I guess younger, you know, guys at one point and old. Yeah, well, actually, yeah, when I was 15, I had a 21-year-old boyfriend and yeah, my parents almost lost it. <laughs> but yeah. that was before social media. There wasn't anything, there wasn't an opportunity for there to be haters. But mm. um, to answer your question about being hated on an Instagram, um, people, it, when you are a public figure, you're just, it's basically a platform Free for rain. that to happen. Yeah. And I've had comments where I'm just like, I look at them and I'm like, what? Wow. I'm Do like, you respond? I don't. I just leave yeah. it or I delete the comment because I just think it just breeds more to energy into whatever the comment is. or And I just don't want to give those people any of my mm -hmm. energy. At first I did. I used to retaliate back. And then that's all they yeah. want. Mm -hmm. that's yeah, what those you can't people are retaliate. Seeking. But, you know, if it's someone that I feel like they're actually confused and they don't understand, mm. I will take the time and try and respond as thoroughly as I can to just kind of let them see another point of view. Right. And then after that, and I've actually had people respond back and say, you know what, thank you. I didn't know that or I didn't think of that right. or, you know, thank you for sharing more details. Yeah. So, you know, it can it can help kind of just you can get through it, but you have to be so gentle. Mm -hmm. You know, it's you know, it's like text messages. You really yeah. don't know the intonation of it, no matter how <laughs> LOL, many. LOL, LOL, LOL. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no matter how many emojis you put behind a comment, right? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, the other thing is that Leo is sort of Leo uh, DiCaprio, of course, is notorious for dating 20 something models. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And other people were saying like, you know, you're just the flavor of the month. Yeah. And that's got to be really hurtful. Do you think that those comments are coming from a place of care and concern, though? Like, oh, honey, mm -hmm. you're going to get hurt. Yeah, maybe. 
But she's a big girl. She's 22. Yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> you were making life decisions when you were 17. I know, but I just think if you're a 22-year-old and you're dating Leonardo DiCaprio, like, you're, you're probably in over your head a little bit. <laughs> hmm. Well, she's holding her own, I think. <laughs> yeah. Good for her. Yeah, good for her. <laughs> Why not? Okay, so you know what? We do have to take a break. This is Global News Radio 640 Toronto, and this is the Dating and Relationship Show. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show. I'm Joan Kelly Walker. Thank you for joining us. Your host, Laura Bellotta, couldn't be with us today, so I'm stepping in for this month's pop culture show. And I have two wonderful ladies with me today, Dee Silky, who's a designer and has a podcast, and Jenna Webb from Joga, and also the Real Housewives of Toronto. So welcome, ladies. We were just having a conversation about... Uh, some Hollywood royalty and uh, the fact that Leonardo DiCaprio and Camilla Moreau are 22 years apart. And some people have a real problem with this. So let's talk about age gaps. Do you think that age really matters in this day and age of 2019? Oh, I want to say yes, but I, everything is pointing towards no. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like it does. Like, I think life experience and what you do, you know. So you think it doesn't matter? I think it doesn't matter. I want it to, but I don't think it does. Why do you want it to? Uh, why do I want it to matter? Yeah. Um, I just think, like, they're, like, I think you're displaced, you know. I mean, unless you're, like, a, an, you're born with an old soul, like, between 22 and 44, like, so much life happens in there mm-hmm. that I don't really know how people could really connect at a, you know, fundamental level with all that one person having lack of experience and, you know, some mm-hmm. person's experiences are up there because that fundamentally creates your character, right? So it's two totally different viewpoints. Right. Dee, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's it's all about the individual's. Based, mm-hmm. based on your life experience, mm-hmm. who you are as a person. Yeah. But a lot of people that have been in a relationship for a long time and then they split up and they just, they don't want to commit, they might date someone quite a bit younger so that they don't feel like they have to commit. There's less obligation. Is is that, is that true? I, I don't, I don't know if it's true, but I think that's very possible. Yeah. 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 That's an interesting perspective. Yeah. I've never yeah. looked at it that way. Yeah, well, I just either. have girlfriends that may have done yeah. that. Yeah. Well, I've and seen like, it. Well, and that might be what you want in, in, out of a relationship. It depends, I guess, what you want out of a relationship. Yeah. If you want something that's very surface and just fun and you're happy and someone yeah. to date and go out with and not really get, you know, share, like, root and experience that at a deeper level, then it, I guess it depends on what you are wanting from that mm-hmm. relationship. You want to just but that's fun. also yeah, to fun. say that younger people only want flings and don't want something more serious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I, I don't think that's always true either. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Um, okay, so I've got a, a couple of studies here. According to a study published by Cambridge University Press in 2011, 8% of married couples have an age difference of 10 years or more. Does that surprise you? 8%? No. No. It seems like a low number to mm-hmm. me. Seems really low. Yeah. So you think most people kind of just stay within their their range mm-hmm. and they marry... Well, because that's who you're interacting with on the daily yeah. is the people who are within, you know, a five-year mm-hmm. age span. Right. Okay. So here's another one. According to recent research from Oakland University, the number one issue that outsiders take with age gap relationships, 
some sometimes apparently they call them as May December relationships um, is a feeling of exploitation. It's hard for people to imagine an age gap relationship existing without a conditional reason like money, sex, or lifestyle. Mm. What do we think about that? I don't know. Look at people like Celine Dion and Renee. Like yeah, they were in love. They were so in mm-hmm. love. Yeah. But, but would people th- would look at that and think, oh, my gosh, he's taking advantage of her. Yeah. Yeah, that's not really fair just to yeah. assume that somebody's in, a, you know, a, in a relationship that has like a few years in between that there has to be an ulterior motive or an yeah. agenda. Mm-hmm. Or you see a, a beautiful young woman with an older guy and they always, you know, think the man is a rich. Gold digger, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's not fair. I think every like everyone just stop judging. <laughs> you know, yeah. we don't you don't know what people are doing or why they're in that relationship or stay in your lane. You know, yeah. Yeah. I like that. Stay in your lane. I mean, but we are human and that's just what we associate with all of those different situations. Right. But I think there's enough judgment going on. We don't need it. Can you yeah. really think of a public a public example where there has been a couple with a huge age difference and it has come out super concrete that it was they were in a relationship for an alternative motive? Because really when mm-hmm. I think about couples I think that, people would hide that though. They mm-hmm. don't want anybody to know about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. but in this day and age, especially with social media, like people are digging up receipts. So I think it probably happens less than what people think. I think if people are in a relationship with a big age difference, it's because they actually care about each other or they're Mm -hmm. telling themselves that they care about each other. Or they enjoy each other's company. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and then you have to factor in the kids issue. Mm-hmm. Like if if the older person has kids and they have their family and the young person hasn't yet, but the older person doesn't want any more kids, I, I mean that's a huge obstacle for any relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have some friends that are in that situation. You know that they want to they're divorced and they have kids and they want to date, but the woman that they want to date is you know doesn't have kids yet, right, and wants to, and it's a deal breaker, right? And it's hard because they're actually in love, but one girl, you know, girls want the the kids or vice versa, mm-hmm. right? And the guys can't or won't, right? Yeah. And yeah. that's, you know, that's a deal breaker. If someone yeah. just digs their heels in and they won't. Yeah. Yeah. Or can't is, is a different thing. But, you know, uh, we are going to start to run out of time here, but I, I have to talk about fashion, my favorite thing, <laughs> and you too, Dee. Now, um, how important is it that you are a Canadian brand, quote unquote? And what does that mean oh. exactly? Joan, what does that mean? There's so many brands out there that call themselves a Canadian brand. But what, what does that mean when you're manufacturing overseas? You know, mm-hmm. like at what what percentage do you actually need to be made in Canada to be a Canadian made brand? Right. So I've done both routes. I've had um, clothing made overseas. And last year I did a spring summer collection, which was made 100 percent in Canada. I was getting my fabric from Toronto. I was having um, it pattern graded in Toronto, cut and sewn in Toronto. They're completely different business models. Um, but it does really bother me now that I've gone through both experiences when there are brands who do most of the uh, building of a garment outside of Canada and, and claim to be a Canadian brand. Because mm-hmm. it's the last hand touching it. And the fact that it was Canadian made, do you, did you find that it, it helped sales? Like people no. embraced it more? No. and that's No, no. that's Pe- interesting. People are like, oh, I want Canadian made in Canada. I want sustainability. I want blah, 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 blah. But when push, comes, when push comes to shove and you have to put a price tag on that garment because that's how much it costs. Like you're not just slapping a price tag on it mm-hmm. for whatever reason. It's like that is you know, how much it costs to make a garment. At the end of the day, people don't want to put the money 
forward. So when I did the line that was made overseas, I made way more money off of that. And my price Hmm. point was like I was retailing my clothing for $25 because my margins were good. But when I had stuff made in Canada, I think my cheapest item was $110. And I, I have... A ton of inventory mm. just sitting there because mm. so price point is still super important yeah now just from a business point of view online versus bricks and mortar what has your experience been um so at least 80 percent of my sales come from instagram funny enough so i do have an e-commerce mm. store but still most of my sales are coming from instagram and even when i look at the traffic on my e-commerce store 74 percent of the traffic coming there is through instagram so, I mean, online is pretty hard to dispute, but I think there's still something to be said about brick and mortar. I think people take you more seriously. I think at the end of the day, people still want those face-to-face interactions. They want to get to know you, especially millennial shoppers. They care so much about relationship and story. So it's not enough anymore to just have, you know, a really cool, funky product unless it's made in China. It's super cheap if people can afford mm-hmm. it. But if you want to sell something that's more high-end, more luxury, um, I think... I'm still trying to figure that out, to be honest, if it if it makes more sense to really focus on online and brand ambassadors and influencers um, or if it makes sense to open up a brick and mortar. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Jenna, just really quickly, because mm-hmm. we're going to run out of time. Um, you've had a brick and mortar mm-hmm. and uh, independent of that, you do a lot of work just uh, yourself personally. Mm-hmm. So so for you, would you say brick and mortar or online? I would say online and in-person mm-hmm. brick and mortar until you've built an, a solidified brand. It's just too much overhead, like from a business yeah. perspective. And these, like you don't need it anymore. There's so many different ways to get to people besides mm-hmm. having a brick and mortar. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's another topic we'll have yeah. to circle back to you <laughs> on another day. Thank you, ladies, so thank much you. for being here. Yeah, thank it, you. Yeah, it's been a really great conversation. And I hope you've enjoyed it as well here on the Dating Relationship Show at Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. We'll see you next week.